And welcome to For the Culture, right here on your source for cool jazz and more WEAA 88.9 FM and WEAA.org. Absolutely. The voice of the community. I'm your host, Faraji Muhammad. Thank you so much for checking in and riding with me this evening, folks. Happy Thursday. There we go. Happy Thursday. Dre, happy Thursday, sir. Dre, Day, good to see you. Happy Dem- Friday Eve. Happy Friday Eve. You always in a partying spirit. Ever since I've known you, Dre, you've always looking forward to a good party. Uh, <laughs> folks, we got a great show for you tonight. Uh, let's start off this conversation uh, talking about um, tennis superstar. Dre, I, know, I don't know if you've been keeping up with this story around Naomi Osaka. Um... And at first, I didn't know. I was like, oh, well, let, me, let me take a look at it. But then I just, you know, after reading about what she has been kind of experiencing, I said, oh, this is much deeper than just a tennis player saying, I don't want to do something. Much deeper than just a celebrity saying, hey, um, I don't want to do this. So tonight, I want us to talk about the power of saying no, and more importantly, should you be penalized for thinking about your mental health? I think we can apply this to all the jobs. I mean, not just in professional sports, but I certainly think we can apply this across the board. Folks, I don't know about you, but... We're in a very different part of our culture where there has been a little bit more space. And this is one thing I am seeing. Everything in our culture is not just terrible. One thing that I am seeing is that a lot of people are talking about the importance of self-care. And I appreciate that because I think for many, many, many years, we are— Um, we have not really been having very deep conversations. And this is certainly before COVID. This has been, I would say this conversation about self-care has really started popping up over the last four to five years. More importantly, I've seen it from, uh, it's interesting, it's been always been a part of the uh, discussion around police brutality and police misconduct. And that, you know, so you're talking about... mm, For the past eight to nine years, almost 10 years, there has been different conversations, especially among activists um, and organizers and and those who work on issues that cause great uh, mental burden. There has been a number of conversations and a number of efforts to, to quote-unquote, provide people with resources and opportunities and to create a space for self-care. And I think that that is one of the biggest parts of this story of Naomi Osaka, this 23-year-old tennis star, 23 years old. Now, you remember back in 2018, she played up against her own idol, Serena Williams. Remember that? Remember that? And can you imagine that? Like, you, you see somebody on television— you idolize them. You you know what I mean. You 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 you're in the same sport as them. You are, you know, you're training to you using their same training regimen, the whole nine. And then the big moment comes where you're actually playing against them. Talk about pressure. Now Naomi Osaka, this sister, has been saying that she has been having a real struggle with anxiety. She's been dealing with anxiety for a very long time. And it really, 
really hit the fans when she was playing against Serena Williams, and then there was that moment, and I remember, Dre, you remember that moment where Naomi and, and Serena were playing, and then, like, at the end of the match, they were booing Naomi. And um, it really, like, like, all of the attention started to booing the ref, excuse me, booing the ref, and um, all of this attention was on Naomi because she became this, like, sock, I mean, this tennis phenom. And, uh, and at the same time, this is also the, the match that, you know, uh, that people say Serena Williams cheated, you know. Um, so, I mean, it, it was just a lot for, and at that time, see, 2018, she was 20 years old, 20 years old. And she remember, and there was a moment, if you look at the end of that match, there was a moment where the boos were coming for the ref and everything, and... Serena Williams just placed her arm around Naomi's shoulder because there was just so much attention. It was press, there was fans, there was just all this attention on this 20-year-old girl, a uh, young woman, excuse me. And so uh, she's been having issues with anxiety. So let's fast forward. That was in 2018. 2021, when, um, you know, she's playing at a high level again. She's a professional tennis player, 23 years old. Naomi Osaka, let me just throw it out there, folks. Naomi Osaka is the top-earning female athlete right now. They say in history, that's how far it goes, the top-earning female athlete uh, in history She's 23 years old. Her sponsors include everybody from Nike to clothing brands and all types of stuff. So she's always in a spotlight, but she's struggling. So as she's been dealing with this situation, you know, she's going into the French Open in France. And part of that process of being in the French Open, anytime you have a major tournament like that, it's like going to the Super Bowl and things. You got to do press. You got to do press. And she said she had a real problem with the anxiety because, one, the press can be very disrespectful, especially over there in France. They can be very disrespectful. Um, and, 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 two, they can be disrespectful because she's a young black woman. Three, um, it's a lot of pressure, and she's already— trying to stay focused on the game of tennis and trying to do trying to do what she does what she do. And so all of these things played into her decision to say I'm not doing press conferences for this for this thing. I just don't want to do it. As a result of that, the French Open tournament penalized her. They've been penalized her. And they even went as far as to strive to disqualify her in this whole situation. And so then she decided, because they were making such a big controversy, and I'm saying the French Open was not really trying to respect her wishes because she's been dealing with this issue of anxiety, she decided to drop out. I want to read to you the statement that um, was put out as a result um, of this situation. This is the first statement from Naomi. She said, um, quote, hey, hope you all doing well. I'm writing this to say I'm not going to do any press during Rolling Garros. I've often felt that people have no regard for athletes' mental health, and this rings very true whenever I see a press conference or partake in one. We're often sat there and asked questions that we've been asked multiple times before or asked questions that bring doubt into our minds, and I'm just not going to subject myself to people that doubt me. I've watched many clips of athletes breaking down after a loss in the press room, and I know you have as well. I believe that whole situation is kicking a person while they're down, and I don't understand the reasoning behind it. Me not doing press is nothing personal to the tournament, and a couple of journalists have interviewed me since I was young, so I have a friendly relationship with most of them. However, if the organizations think 
that they can just keep saying, do press or you're going to be fined, and continue to ignore the mental health of the athletes that are the centerpiece of their cooperation, then I just got to laugh. Anyways, I hope the considerable amount that I get fined for this will go towards a mental health charity. This was put out on May the 26th. So she said, boom, I'm not doing no press. May 26th. Boom, the controversy just brews and just continues to grow, grow, grow. Then she said, okay, I'm not just doing the press, I'm dropping out the French Open. She said this in her statement that she put out on May 31st. She said, quote, hey, everyone, this isn't a situation I ever imagined or intended when I posted a few days ago. I think now the best thing for the tournament, the other players, and my well-being is that I withdraw so that everyone can get back to focusing on the tennis going on in Paris. I never want it to be a distraction, and I accept that my timing was not ideal and my message could have been clearer. More importantly, I would never trivialize mental health or use the term lightly. The truth is, is that I have suffered long bouts of depression since the U.S. Open of 2000, in 2018, and I have had a really hard time coping with that. Anyone that knows me knows I'm introverted, and anyone that has seen me at the tournaments will notice that I'm often wearing headphones, as that helps dull my social anxiety. Though the tennis press has always been kind to me, and I want to apologize especially to all the cool journalists who I may have hurt, I am not a natural public speaker and get huge waves of anxiety before I speak to the world's media. I get really nervous and find it stressful to always try to engage and give you the best answers I can. So here in Paris, I was already feeling vulnerable and anxious, so I thought it was better to exercise self-care and skip the press conferences. I announced it preemptively because I do feel like the rules are quite outdated in parts and wanted to highlight that. I wrote privately to the tournament, apologizing and saying that I would be more than happy to speak with them after the tournament as the slams are intense. I'm going to take some time away from the court now, but when the time is right, I really want to work with the tour to discuss ways we can make things better for the players, press, and fans. Anyways, hope you all are doing well and staying safe. Love you guys. I'll see you when I see you. So she put that out five days after the first message. Now, there are a number of people. Now the French Open is saying that, you know, they're trying to figure, figure out whether they disqualify or whether they, they're just trying to figure things out. But it has caught, uh, created a conversation about the importance of mental health in athletes, especially among women. And so I, I want us to have a conversation about this. There, there are a few different parts of this conversation that I would love for you to join me in. The first part is, should you be penalized for thinking about your own mental health? Okay? But then the other part is having the power to say no. We live in a culture, we live in a society where we try to do everything all the time. And those who choose to say no are deemed as being weak or, or less than in some way, shape, or form. And I'm wondering if that can change, if we can have some different conversations about What's in your personal interest? Can we talk about this? Let's talk about Naomi Osaka. Join me in a conversation at 410-319-8888. 410-319-8888. And I want you to talk to me about what are, you th what are your thoughts are about her saying that she's going to make this decision. Do you think she should be penalized for it? But let's look, also look at that other part, the power to say no. And then we can certainly, if there is, if you feel like this is also another part of it, because I, I do have some, some things I can share with you about this issue, the, this point, 
uh, the fact that you have women athletes in particular who, when they make a decision about their minds, their bodies, right, about just being in a male-dominated space, how they are often disregarded, neglected, but not taken seriously. That's not just just because of that's the and that's across the board from everything from pay to treatment of uh, those athletes to to how the press presents those athletes to the rest of the world, all of those things. So let's, let's there, there are a few things, but the big one is should she be penalized for thinking about her mental health, or do you think she said, well, I, you know what, I I get it, but she should have said something sooner. Uh, she shouldn't have gotten it. I mean, because some people might think that. And, and if you think that, I want you to share your thoughts on it. Be honest with me. Because she's in a very, very powerful position. She has um, over 2 million people that follow her on Twitter. Um, she has a huge following on Instagram. People know her. And she's only 23. She's only 23, folks. Join me in a conversation. 410 319 as we talk about Naomi Osaka, as well as uh, I want you to to, to post your comments on my Facebook page at Faraji Muhammad, uh, F-A-R-A-J-I-I-M-U-H-A-M-M-A-D. Sharon checked in on my Facebook page, one of our wonderful Facebook watchers. She said, look, mental health needs to be taken more seriously across the board. If you feel you are perpetually, if you feel you are perpetually feeling anxious, depressed, etc., get help early on. You are not being weak. You are practicing self-care. I think Naomi did the right thing. I don't think uh, she should be penalized because she had a medical reason. She wasn't being defiant or rude. I agree. Uh, Irene checked in, another one of our wonderful Facebook watchers, said, I love Naomi. She's a brave and talented young lady who excels beyond her fragility. That's powerful. Irene, you touched, you, you hit a nerve. You and Sharon hit a nerve right there. Um, and I agree with you. That is a hard—for somebody that suffers from anxiety and depression, to be able to perform at such a high level still speaks volumes about the, the personal strength that that she has right to be able to say okay i may not do press but when i'm on the court i'm gonna take you down you know what i mean it's just it's 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 admirable to the least you know what i mean to be able to see that and to be like wow and here's a person who is an introvert but she can perform at such a high level in front of millions of people she can perform at such a high level it's and it, that, that's a testament to who she is, how much she loves the game, and, 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 and more importantly, just, just the personal power that's within her. I want to hear from y'all, 410-319-8888. All right, let's go to Ron. We got Ron kicking us off tonight. Ron, what, what you think about this Naomi Osaka situation? Should she be penalized? Faraji, first of all, thanks for letting me ride with you, as always. Thank you, Ron. Well, people are forgetting the most important uh, thing that's going on with her. Uh, she's crying out for help, Faraji. Yeah. And what's wrong with people, Faraji? <laughs> she's crying out for help. Are uh, people so inundated with their hunger for sports and hero worshiping mm. that they're forgetting that this is a 23-year-old? I think everybody should be applauding her because... Mental health is a serious issue. Uh, let's start off with Donald Trump. If that's not mental health issue, what else is? Come on, man. Hey, Ron, and Ron, I don't want to talk about Trump, but I'm just. Well, I had to throw no, that no, in no, there. No, I mean, I hate you because he, he because going I'm through some mental health issues right now. Of uh, the seriousness of mental health. Yeah. She needed help. She put out the cry, and people need to get over it. She'll be back before right now. She's doing what she needed to do for self, and people need to get over it. Yeah, I mean, and, and you, you know what? And I think that at the end of the day, Ron, this is something that I was thinking. Um, it shows you 
that as much as we love as 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 professional as sports have become right over the years i mean you know from everything from tennis to football whatever whatever there's still a a, a, a barbaric element to it that we want to see sports athletes put their all in spite of themselves out there well you hit the nail on the head Raji, because when you say that it's like you draw a flow chart. You know how when you write the program for a computer, mm-hmm. and each line leads to a new instruction. Well, this is an industry. The athletes are the engines, and everything else just comes off of the end. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, dog, I mean, and, and fundamentally, that's it, Ron. The whole industry is built on the back of an one uh, 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 of an athlete. Well said, brother. Well that's said, a, uh, brother. I'm just repeating what you're saying. Like that well, is we it. Both, we both know. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> and and I think about that. There would be no Nike. There wouldn't be no French Open. There would be none of that if a, a, a person did not dedicate themselves to a game. That's true because see. A lot of us play games in life, sports, Yeah, and most of us never reach that uh, high plateau, if you want to call the sports promised land. Uh, yeah. us, we get warriors in sports never reach that plateau, and only few ever get there. So uh, people, give the sister a break. Yeah. Uh, be in her corner and root for, as always, Faraji, peace. Peace, brother Ron. Thank you so much for checking in. Folks, we got to take a quick pause. When we come back, I still got Kevin's show, Tracy, Liv, John, I mean, uh, Liv and Dwayne, and uh, I want to hear from you. We're talking about the story of Naomi Osaka. This is the young 23-year-old tennis player who said, I'm not, I'm not being a part of the French Open. She did not want to do press conference. She initially just wanted to just play and then do the conferences, the press stuff, maybe later after the games. But they were forcing her. They just they put that pressure on her. And as a result of that, she dropped out. And the reason she dropped out was because she wanted to do self-care. She had she suffered from anxiety, she suffers from depression. And I'm asking the question: should she have been should she be penalized for this? And let's also throw in a mix. The power to say no in a culture that always um, forces us to, to, to try to do everything and be everything to everybody. How do we tap into the power to say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be that. Let's have the conversation. 410-319-8888. And certainly uh, post your comments on my Facebook page at Faraji Muhammad. Stay riding with me. It's For the Culture on WEAA. I do this for my culture. Culture, 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 Peace and welcome back to For the Culture here on WEAA 88.9 FM and WEAA.org. Absolutely. The voice of the community. I'm your host, Faraji Muhammad. Thank you so much for checking in and riding with me this evening. Folks, we are talking about the big decision from uh, tennis superstar Naomi Osaka to choose that she will no longer be a part or play in this year's French Open because she said, you know what? I didn't want to be a part of the press conferences because I suffer from social anxiety and depression. And since you guys aren't respecting that, look, let me just bow out gracefully from the tournament. This has caused a major stir in the tennis world and even in the sports world, sports world in general. But more importantly, it has brought back to the forefront uh, the importance of self-care. It's been the importance and the, and the very, very serious issue of mental health, such as anxiety and depression. And it's also talked about the power to say no. How do we tap into that personal power instead of being, uh, being a part of a culture where we are, we are everything to everybody and nothing to ourselves? Mm. 
So many big, big conversations in this. I want you to join me in a conversation. 410-319-8888. 410-319-8888. let me go back to the line here. And I uh, want to hear what folks got to say. Uh, Tracy, thank you for checking in. What's your take? All right, no Tracy. All right, let's go back to uh, the line. We got Thomas. How are you? How are you? Hey, man? my man, Big Thomas. What's happening? Hey, how's how's the queen, the prince, and princess doing? Hey, man, they growing, brother. <laughs> they, hey, man, they, they, I got I got to feed them every day, Thomas. Hey, bro. <laughs> I can't what you did, what you did, Doc. <laughs> but listen, man, being the father of a professional athlete, mm. okay, I understand what this young lady is went, is going through. Um. My son suffers from depression. He suffers from anxiety when he has to do uh, press conferences and stuff. But this, this media variety is not fair to these people, man. This young girl is crying out for help right now, man. And um, to, hear, to hear the racist rant that's going on against her, I'm thinking about Billie Jean King, okay? Mm-hmm. This dude don't know what this young girl is going to, okay? Mm-hmm. This young lady is crying out for help, Roger. Maybe if we had to listen to some of those other young people that crying out to help, like your Dylan Roos and your, and, your, and your other people who walk around here blowing people away, Maybe they won't be. Maybe maybe they wouldn't kill anybody. Okay. Mm. For Friday, and I like what she said. If you're gonna find me, the significant amount you're gonna find me, I hope you put the money toward mental health. Yeah. The whole the whole sports world seems to miss that. Man, I was never so glad. When my son got drafted, when he did, mm-hmm. but I was also glad when he decided to take my advice and walk away when he did, mm. because now he can go and get the help that, that that was needed for him to get to be a productive citizen, to be a father, to be a son, to be a husband. He can go. He can go and do that now, and not have to worry about what nobody thinks about him. Mm-hmm. And you know, to these. Weekend warriors who who think that they're entitled and privileged to be entertained because you paid for a ticket. Go get your real job somewhere. Mm. 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 And, and and so this this and one of the big things, Thomas, that I that I'm seeing, and, and there have been a number of athletes since Naomi has decided to to make this decision that have come in support of her. Even actor Will Smith posted an Instagram post saying that he that she was right. The French Open is wrong. He stand with her. But I'm going to share with you in a moment what Serena Williams had to say. But, you know, the power to say no, having the ability to tap into that personal power, because many people tend to believe, and I know people that want to be in that spotlight. People always want to be famous. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it's like, you got to say enough is enough when it comes to your mental health and well-being. But let me ask you this, Roger. Yeah. What does the slave, when is the right for the slave to tell the slave master no? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. You, if once you know your worth, you can walk away from it all. You know what I'm saying? Because, because, look, let me just tell you. Like, you know it too, Thomas. Nike don't make the athlete. The athlete makes Nike. Listen, my son walked away from the Chicago Bears. He walked away leaving $125 million on the table. But he got his money. Then he walked away. Okay. There it is. He walked away. Because my son always asked me, he said, Dad, how would I know when it's time to quit? I said, your body will tell you. There it is. He woke up that morning for Roger, he called me. He said, Dad, I'm done. I said, what? I said, this is last year? He said, no, I'm not playing this year. I'm done now. 
There you go. There you go. Thomas, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much. Good to hear from you again. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines, 410-319-8888. Let's go to uh, Dwayne. How you doing, brother? I'm good, um, Dwayne. How are you, brother? I'm doing fine. As you as usual, you're making sense. I want to uh, piggyback or give a footnote on what that caller mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why this is racism is because if she did not suffer from some form of mental illness, and this is some youngin' not wanting to do something, then the press has free reign. It's legitimate that the woman, that the young lady suffers from mental illness. But here's, here's the point. The racism is in how dare you, Negro, have power over your own agency, which is your body. Yeah. That's what it basically boils down to. Now, this is what, now, if I, I, I'm, when, when, I'm going to say this, and I need you to explain this to me, mm-hmm. like I'm a Labrador retriever. <laughs> How does it when Negroes have FU money, they still on the plantation? I have lost plenty of jobs because I did not have the yes a massa mentality. Mm-hmm. I literally got fired for that. Mm. I can't imagine how I would be if I had if I had wealth and 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 and, and the racist person came before me because I'm going before the racist and I'm not tolerating it. Being me- having mediocre money. Right. So if you can please explain to me off air how Negroes who have wealth are still on the plantation. Explain that to me off the air, hey. brother. I, I can't compute it. I mean, explain that to me intelligently. You're, you're, you're saying explain to you why yeah. the, if you have wealth, money. if you got money, but you still, still you still subject yourself to being controlled. Yes. When you have FU money, and there's no caveat, you know what FU money is. I know what that is. When they, when they have FU money, explain yeah. that to me, please. I'll yeah. wait. I'll take notes. I appreciate you, man. <laughs> I appreciate you so much, Dwayne. Look, let me tell you, it's very simple. You're afraid. You're afraid. You don't see it. I mean, you, you see it, Dwayne. I may see it as FU money, but w- the person who has that, they don't see it. See, when you get to a certain level, you're so tied in. I mean, you are essentially the system. And guess what? There are a couple of things I think that are present. One is fear, but then two is you like to be in that position. You like to have that sense of power. And I think the other part of that is some people don't go into a situation to walk away from it. Some people go into the situation because they've been yearning that for all of their lives. You know what I'm saying? And 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 like for example, and I mean this is I just want y'all to hear me out. I remember seeing a documentary about OJ Simpson. And uh, I forgot on which network. Great documentary. And in the documentary, they were making the point that O.J. always wanted to be the black football player that was loved by white America. ESPN, thank you, Dre. I knew you would know. 30 for 30, thank you. He always wanted to be in that. He always wanted to be... The guy that, I mean, he was black man, but he always wanted to be a, 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 a shining symbol of a system that did not historically treat black athletes right. But he wanted to be a model for that system. He always, that's what they said. From the time he played football in high school, college, then he got to the pro, he always saw himself as being a part of that. He always... You remember when O.J. Simpson was growing up, he was coming up in a time where there was civil unrest in the, in the streets. There was the civil rights movement, the black power movement. He never uh, uh, spoke to any of those great societal changes like a, Jim, uh, like a Jim Brown or some of the other athletes of that day. He never really spoke to that. He always wanted to be in the place that he wanted to be in, right? 
So, so, so I think that speaks to what you're saying, Dwayne. That that you have these, you gotta. It comes down to the people. It comes down to the person. And and, and I think that for us as a as a people, and that just as as a culture and a society, we we just gotta be clear that some people may not want to be the quote unquote. Uh, uh, uh. They're not gonna buck the system. They're not gonna, you know. We can't expect that that of every black athlete, they're gonna buck the system. No, <laughs> it's just not gonna happen. Because some of our people have yearned for that place for so long that once they get there, they're not bucking the system. Matter of fact, they're not bucking the system. They stopping other black folks from getting into that space. That's how long they wanted it. Tell me if I'm wrong. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Let's hear from, uh, we got Joe on the line. Joe, thank you for checking in. What's your take? Yeah, sir. How you doing? I'm good, Joe. How are you? All right. Yeah, I want to get back to the topic of the uh, uh, tennis. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, we were talking about mental health. Yeah. And um, if we can imagine, and just have to hear me up just a little, that mental health is a little Stronger, I would believe, than having a cold. But if you was at work and you called off and said that, hey, I got a cold, and you're going to see your doctor, that's it. Mm -hmm. I, I'm looking at this situation. She said that she have a mental health problem. She ex she explained how it happened. Mm -hmm. She explained her history. Mm -hmm. And she said that she's going to back out. And I think under the fairness of the basic, if you call yourself having a mental situation going on, a health mental situation, and you go to and you tell your employer that this is the reason why you're taking off, I don't see any reason or how they can say that they can do anything to it. Now, now next year, if they put it in the contract. No, is it? It, it wasn't a contract. Huh? It wasn't a contract. To do press conferences is part of the contract for the French Open and, and probably for any major you know, tournament. Same thing right, for the I'm Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Major, I'm saying if you have a condition to keep you from doing it. Oh, okay. That's, that's the point I'm trying to say. Yeah, Everything, yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying, brother. Yeah. I'm saying unless they come next year and say that you had to do it regardless if you got a cold or you limping or anything, you had to do it. Then they have, But right now, she will win this. And they're going to look like a fool, in my estimate, because they can't beat the status of you saying that you're sick and you can't operate. Yeah. How, how are you going to operate to your fullest? Yeah. And what she also is doing, she is putting those people on notice that they told, she told them what their problem is. If she ever go back and they already know how to treat this person right now. Well, and I'm glad that you brought that up, brother, and I appreciate you, Joe. Um, one of the big things that they uh, announced just a couple of days ago, the uh, four Grand Slam uh, uh, leaders of the Grand Slam tournaments, of the four Grand Slam tournaments said they promised to start addressing players' concerns about mental health. That's what they—this just came out a couple of days ago. They promised that they're going to start addressing it. So— to your point, they may start to include something in the contract or some type of special condition or clause. Or they may say, okay, we're not going to do the press before. I don't know. We don't know. But you, it, it brings up the point. As of right now, where it stands, it's required. That's a part of the contract. They, um, She can get fined for up to $20,000, between fifteen dollars to $20,000. I mean, if you're making millions, I get it, you know. It is what it is. It comes with the territory. But, yeah, they may start having conversations. There. And, and think about the power. That's why I said the power of saying no in a situation, yes, you might be getting the beatings, but you opening the door and paving the way for somebody behind you to not go through the same madness that you just gone through. You see what I'm saying? So it, th th there's power in saying no sometimes. All right, let's go back to the line. It's a Liv. Liv, thank you so much for checking in. What's your take? 
much, Faraji. Again, a very interesting conversation. Thank you know, you. I have to commend this young lady because she tried to use a passive-aggressive means of avoiding the press and saying, I'll deal with it later. But then, you know, you have to recognize that her age, she's being taught something. Not everybody understands your no if you don't say it directly. Yeah. And I think you were talking about how do you say no. So she learned to use that assertive behavior to stand up for herself. This is going to carry her very far in life. You ask the question pointedly about how do you say no. How do you well, tap you into that personal taught. power of saying no? Yeah. You got to be taught how yeah. to say no. And often when we're raising our children, I don't know, in my generation, we were taught not to even buck the system or even question our parents. Right. So we were shut <laughs> down in a sense, whereas with my children, I wanted them to say no with an explanation or, you know, let's talk about it. Right. So, you know, it has taken her through a lot of emotional and mental turmoil to figure out how do I deal with what I'm dealing with. Yeah, and you, and, and Liv, yeah. and, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I don't even think, I think that um, it's funny because I don't even think she really thought that it would create so much of a of an uproar. You know what I'm saying? I think she, when she initially put out her first statement, she was just like, look, I, this is what I'm going through. I, I'm not going to move forward on it. You know, I got to be honest and authentic to myself. I got to have self-care. I don't think she even thought that it would create this, I mean, this whole new situation now where we're talking about the mental health of athletes. Exactly. And I think I mentioned yesterday about mental health and blacks. It's not expected, Faraji, that we have mental health issues. It is expected, mm. however, that Caucasians do. Why? Because they've had the benefit of having therapy much longer than we even thought about having therapy for our PTSD and all the other issues that we've succumbed to yeah. in this United States of America. So when a person of color wants to talk about mental health, it was not heard. You understand? Mm. And even now for them to find her, let me say this. Before she could qualify to play in that tournament, she had to pass a health qualification test right okay and one of the other callers said well if she had an ankle or or an arm issue she would have been exempt so totality of health needs to be understood amongst our african-american people and those that we are confronting mm -hmm. that when i say health it is totally mental physical sociologically physiologically and emotional well-being absolutely absolutely Liv, thank you so much for checking yes. in i appreciate that uh dean checked in on my facebook page and said as naomi is a woman of color she is also a product of the japanese culture right correct she's very reserved and will not disrespect herself family or her country for sake of the limelight she may never play again after this media feast, which is part of the problem. Mm. That's a good point, Dean. I hope she doesn't stop playing. And I'm not saying that out of a space of, no, I need her to play. I'm just saying that I know that she has a love for tennis. I just hope that that the, the support that she's gotten, she's garnered so far, allows her to come back into the game to redefine the game for those coming behind her. I want to share with you um, what Serena, uh, what Venus Williams said about this whole situation. After Naomi withdrew from the French Open, she shared um, this, this quote. She said, quote, for me personally, how I deal with it was that I know every single person asking me a question can't play as well as I can and never will. She's talking about the sports journalist. She said, so no matter what you say or what you write, you'll never light a candle to me. So that's how I deal with it, but each person deals with it differently. So she, oh, in her, from Venus's view, She's like, she don't let that stuff get to her. She just goes in and with the mindset like, yeah, you asking questions, but you don't know, you wouldn't know what the hell to do when you were on that court. Y'all questioning me like I'm not the professional.
I mean, you think that's a good attitude to have? Do you think that helps to kind of go into that? Do you think that should, that would be helpful for where Naomi stands? We could throw that into the next 410-319-8888. Is it Lydia? Lydia, thank you so much for checking in. What's your take? Um, well, from a mental health clinician's perspective, I am an LCSWC. Okay. Um, I think one of the major things about mental health and um, the stigma surrounding mental health is a huge problem. Um, you know, I think that we just need to do better. You have um, even Michael Phelps, there's a commercial going around right now about doing telehealth, talking about depression, anxiety, and, you know, um, it needs to be better just for us to realize that people have mental health issues. Someone said earlier that if we're going to take care of our, our, you know, our bodies, we're going to go get our teeth cleaned, any kind of um, doctor that we would visit, we also need to be able to talk about our mental health. Yeah. And so in my perspective, she should not be penalized. Mm -hmm. um, actually, I think that she should be um, very proud of the decision that she made. Mm -hmm. I think it's horrible that she had to step out because people like her in the limelight, that's where we're going to start to learn that mental health is an issue and people shouldn't be judged over that. And that's yeah. why people don't come forward. That's why we have a high rate of, you know, suicide. Mm. Um, you know, one lady said about criminality and, and doing things like that because mental health issues are not being cared for. And we have to make it okay for people to get help. So, Lydia, let me ask you this, though. Um, you know, by her making this statement, for one, do you feel like even though we're in, uh, like I said at the beginning of the show, um, I think that the conversation around self-care has, uh, has really evolved over these past, within the last 10 years, especially because of what we see coming out of the, um, uh, the movement for black lives. Mm -hmm. um, but do you think that, that, that we're still kind of behind the eight ball in truly understanding the impact, understanding the, the effects of 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 these conditions that 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 and and, and how do we get to a much better place? Uh, I mean, because okay, if Naomi Osaka today, I, I I would I would even go as far as to say, and I could be, I'm mean, of course I'm wrong. I feel like every black and brown person in this country could claim could claim mental health issues. You know what I'm saying? Anxiety and depression. I think we've all kind of experienced that in some point of our lives, just because of the systems that we're involved in. Mm -hmm. So how do how do we have a conversation where it's it's still pushing the ball forward and 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 it's doing and in those conversations it's still empowering people and not making people get to well you know I'm for this or I'm against that. Mm -hmm. Well, um, you know, in terms of self care, yeah. it's interesting because when you talk about black and brown people, we are reared, okay. In our culture, we are reared that we take care of, you know, self, family. You know, we don't go out and get help from anybody. Self-care, no, we're not self, you know, we're selfless. We give and we give and we give and we take care of everybody around us, but we're not supposed to take care of self. You know, a mom is the last one to be thought of. I agree. When she's raising her family. Yeah. So, you know, that's just not even ingrained in us. Um, so I think that, yes. In the past years, I'm hoping that people are becoming more educated about it doesn't matter who you are, what culture you're from, self-care is paramount. Because if you're not okay, everybody around you is not going to be okay. So can you give us some insight into the, the, the power of saying no? Because we are a part of a culture where everybody is required to say yes all the time. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's... And that may be to our own detriment. Right. Or be penalized <laughs> like this Naomi. Right. So, so in terms of being able to say no, that's a sticky situation right there. You know, with me, with my clients, you know, that's one of the things that I teach is that you need to learn how to say no or not now or enough is enough. Mm -hmm. And know yourself well enough to know that you can't push yourself to a level that somebody's expecting of you, and then in the end, you know, your collateral damage, mm -hmm. okay? So, 
you know, it, it really depends on, you know, where you are. Are you in the employee setting? Are you in the home setting? Are you in school setting? You know, in terms of saying no, I mean, it's a tricky, you know, slippery slope. Yeah. But, um, but yes, as adults, for sure, <laughs> I think it's different for adolescents and young adults. But, you know, we do need to be able to say no and also not be penalized for saying no. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you have to know your limits. And yep. and sometimes, you know, you don't have to say no. People don't like saying no. I tell my clients, well, listen, say, I'm just not going to be able to do that right now. Yeah. If I could, I would, but I just can't. You see? So you're not saying no, but you're telling the truth about what your limit is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's, that is the, that's one of the underlying issues with our culture right now, Lydia, is the simple fact that we don't know what our limits are. You know, we live... And I'm I'm going to have a show about this, but we're working 24, I mean, damn near 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We're always busy. We're always doing something. And, and we always believe that we, you know, black women believe that they're super women. Black mm-hmm. men think that they're going, you know, they're super men. Uh, uh, our, our culture constantly uh, promotes this sort of no sleep. You know what I'm saying? If you sleep, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Then you're losing out on getting money. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just the worst. <laughs> These are some of the worst messages that, that will keep us alive and sustaining our health and mind and, and well-being. And, I, and I'm pushing back on it personally, and I'm telling mm-hmm. people, push back on it. Get some sleep. Take a damn vacation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? And tell people no. Right. But, but the interesting part is that not everybody has that luxury, you know. Like I said, in what realm are we talking about? What venue are you in that you're, you know, you're trying to empower yourself to say no? Um, and that's part of the problem where, you know, society as a whole needs to remember that people do have limits. And you're not, you know, a race dog. You're a human being. Yeah. Um, and so we just have to keep that in the forefront of our minds that, yeah. again, mental health is so important and especially with the pandemic i mean this past you know year and a half almost two years with the pandemic people are suffering yeah and um and i just i just can't say enough about how proud i am of this young lady to again say i gotta take care of me there it is lydia uh, thank you so much for your insight and expertise on this issue we we truly appreciate it thank you Folks, we got to take a quick pause. When we come back, let's talk a little bit more. I'm going to share with you some more thoughts on this because there's another element of this. Some people have already alluded to it. She's a young black woman. But women have pretty much taken the brunt of this whole situation. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Continue to give me a call, 410-319-8888, and stay riding with us. It's For the Culture on WEAA.